Welcome to Faith in the Zone, a show about sports and faith and how the two come together in lives being touched. Right now, discover how people in sports walk in faith with host Mike McGivern and Pastor Ken Keltner on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. All this time, all this time, you covered me. Welcome to Faith in the Zone on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. I'm Mike McGivern, flying solo for this first segment, waiting on Pastor Ken Keltner. He is on his way, but I'm excited about today's interview. We're talking with Don Gordon, former Major League pitcher. He was a chaplain to the Arizona Diamondbacks, working for SCORE International. And uh, him and I got a lot in common. Don, how are you today? I'm doing great, or as the old adage says, I'm better than I deserve. Yeah, amen to that. I don't know who said that, but (laughs) it's a good thing. (laughs) Yeah, I agree. So Don and I got a chance to talk uh, a couple of days ago, and I found out that you know, we're both 100% Irish, both of us. Neither one of us drink anymore, which is a good thing. I think we both got beat up a lot as kids, and we uh, everything we ate was boiled. And I told Don that. He said, you kidding me? I still boil everything. Man, you know, being 100%, 100% Irish, Dad, we, uh, we learn a lot as kids, don't we? Yeah, I mean... I'll put it this way. There was capital punishment in my home. We had we had nine kids. My father died when I was very young. So um, every every beating I got, I deserve. I probably des- I I definitely did deserve more than what I got. But um, yeah, my mother was born in Ireland and came here when she was twenty one. So when she died, she still had the Irish brogue. Man, that's awesome. My uh, my father died. Um, young as well. Uh, I was in my twenties when he passed, but there were six of us, and it was uh, Jim, wow. it was Jim, Tim, John, and Mike, and Colleen, Mary Margaret, and Maureen, Mary Margaret. Man, they they were sounds, re- like, a, sounds they, like a convent. It does sound <laughs> like a convent. The McGivern family. My father was a bricklayer and a mason, and he was a tough guy. He was. Uh, he, he. We never got grounded, the boys, but we. Uh, yeah, we took a whooping every once in a while, and and like you, I, I I got a lot of them, but probably not as many as I deserve. That's for sure. Amen. Amen. Hey, where did you land in in with the, with the kids? Were you uh, older one, younger, in the middle somewhere? Well, um, my mother and father had two girls, and then seven straight boys, oh, and then I was fourth from the top. Wow. Man, that uh, I've got three grandsons that live across the street from me, and I can't oh, imagine I can't imagine having seven straight boys. Yeah, you know it was that's that was life. You know, in the Gordon household, we we all lived, we all you know slept in the same room. We had seven boys in one room. You know, three sets of bunk beds and a crib, and I can't tell you how many times that crib went over with a baby rolling down the floor <laughs> because one of us would climb up on the crib and the whole thing would fall over. And then my sister would run in who was babysitting. And then we, we beg her not to tell, you know, mom or dad, cause we knew we'd get, <laughs> it wasn't going to be a good day for us. You know? Man, I'll tell you a lot yeah, we of, had, we had fun. a lot of similarities between the McGivern and Gordon household. Yeah. Where did you grow up Don? New York city, Queens. Okay. And um, first in Astoria, then right by the Triborough Bridge, and then moved over to the suburbs. Not really. 
in Queens in, in Woodhaven, not too far from Shea Stadium. So you were a Mets fan, grew up as a Mets fan? I, I was, I was. Uh, my first Major League game, Mike, was uh, 1969 uh, when the Mets were making their run, and we saved 13 Borden's milk coupons to get into the game for free. <laughs> the tickets were $1.30, but, but we got in for free. And, of course, I was way up and, and saw Bob Moose of the Pittsburgh Pirates throw a no-hitter against the 69 Mets in September. Wow. Saw a no-hitter. Did, did you know back then, Don, that pitching was something that you wanted to do? You know what? I was clueless. Um, I, I basically um, I started playing baseball because I was jealous. My, the next-door neighbor, who was five years old, used to come over and play catch with my older brother. And I was just like jealous that, you know, I thought baseball was for girls. And but once they started playing, I was like, hey, I want to do that. And once my brother got into some other things and, and got out of sports, the guy would come over my neighbor and I said, hey, I'll play catch with you. He's like, OK. So we just started playing catch. I was about nine years old in the street. And, uh, you know, my first Mets game was really just kind of, hey, let's let's just see what this is all about. And, you know, I just, God allowed me to have a glimpse of that game and, and, and say, wow, this is, this is pretty awesome. And, and so the story goes from there. Did, uh, did you play multiple, uh, multiple sports when you were in high school or were you a baseball guy? You know what? All the coaches in high school wanted me to try out for their team's basketball swimming, but I don't know if anybody can relate to this, Mike, but if I wasn't really good at something, I just didn't do it, which is probably not the best attitude and the best way to do things. But I was so good at baseball that, that you know, I was mediocre in basketball and football, other sports, hockey, you know, New York City. And, and I just didn't play it. I just, I literally put all my eggs in one basket, my friend. And then it worked out well for you. You know, as a high school basketball coach, we we really um, try to get kids to play multiple sports. And and I tell kids, look, if I've got the quarterback from the football team who with, you know, four seconds ago in the game and it's fourth and one from the one-yard line and he has enough guts and courage to, to, to run a quarterback snake, he certainly is a kid that can step up and shoot a free throw for me. <laughs> well, and, and you know some can. I played with Joe Carter, guys like that. These guys were awesome in three or four sports. I mean, really good. You know, like like many athletes. But I wasn't one of those. Hey, we are now joined by uh, Pastor Ken Keltner. Who, uh, Pastor? We had to start a little bit early today. It's good to see you. Yeah, no problem, Mike. Good yeah, to see you. And pa- good Pastor, to have Don on. Yeah, Don Gordon. Meet Pastor Ken Keltner. Yeah. I'll th- hey, hey, Don. How you doing? Uh, great. Great to meet you, Pastor. Thanks for shepherding the Church of God. Yeah, well, amen. Thank you. Hey, uh, we were talking about Don's upbringing in New York, Ken, and, and uh, he uh, 100% Irish, kind of like me. He doesn't yeah. drink anymore, kind of like me. Nine <laughs> kids in his family. Two, two, uh, his parents had two girls and seven boys after that. Well, I guarantee there was some great competition going <laughs> yes. on, What no, no matter what the sport was there. <laughs> I don't know. I when I think back, like what my brothers put up with with me, I'm like, these guys are awesome. <laughs> I'm pretty much of a dictator. I don't know. 
Man, there always was. Hey, you, if you needed somebody to, you know, round out a three on three basketball game, you could just grab one of your brothers or something. That had to be easy. Yeah, and, and these these guys are tough guys. You know, they they became plumbers and and mechanics. You know, in the city and, and did well. But when it came to me, I I was like a, like the crazy frustrated di in the in the military or just the you know the the, the hardcore coach. I mean, I would tell my brothers to run and they would run. I'd say hustle, they would hustle. I'd say we're going to play baseball and they'd say, okay, Don, whatever you want to do. <laughs> I, you know, I wasn't quite, I wasn't very kind. I can tell you that much. Did does your family lie to your brothers sisters? Do they still uh, live in the New York area? You know, uh, part of part of my story is is you know it's it's really sad in some ways. But you know, when I when I was young, I found my father. He committed suicide, mm. and then in the last ten years, I've lost four brothers. Oh. Two, uh, one hung himself actually in in prison, following my father's footsteps. But and then two were homosexual, and one drank so much alcohol that he fell down, hit his head, and from the loss of blood, so. So there's there's some some tragedy there, obviously, but but the ones that are still living, they they've done very well. They're hard workers. They they've been married a long time, and 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 a lot of good has happened along with all the tragedy. Wow. Well, I'm sorry for your losses here in the in the last uh, year or so. It's it's uh, that's got to be a tough thing for for you and your family. Where where are you living now, Don? Uh, I've been in Chattanooga for ten years, Tennessee. Mm. Yeah, nice part of the area, nice part of the country right there. It really is. It's beautiful, actually. It's good cost of living, no traffic. It's, you know, God has placed me in a place where I can get to a lot of different states. And and um, it's just been amazing where, where the Lord has put me. Hey, and, and what we have left in, in, in this uh, first segment, Don, let's talk a little bit about um, where you went to college and, and your early years in professional baseball. Um, where did you end up uh, playing baseball for, in college? You know, um, I was supposed to go to St. John's. That's the same year Frank Viola and John Franco went, but my... SAT wasn't high enough. I'm not going to tell you what it was. Okay. <laughs> because the school that accepted me, I was even below their, <laughs> their you know, threshold. But um, I went to the Citadel at first, it's a military school in Charleston, South Carolina. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and um, you know, I got to fly in an airplane for the first time when I, you know, 17 years old, graduated from high school. And, and you know, the campus was just beautiful in Charleston, South Carolina. There were girls there. There, you know, it was summer school and it was, and it was a baseball stadium and they played actually like 60 games as compared to our 14 in high school in New York city. And I was like, man, I, I'll put up with the military to come here. And, and then long story short, did well my freshman year and transferred to the university of South Carolina where, um, you know, Bobby Richardson was not the coach, but he had been a few years earlier and left his legacy there. And it's just a great, as you know, Division One baseball program. And so went there. And um, and then from there, I signed with the Detroit Tigers in um, 1982 and played for 10 years. Well, I got to tell you, doing some research, uh, I think I've seen you pitch in person because I... <laughs> I think I was at that Paul Molitor game. 
It, it, it says wow. in this article there was 15,000 people there. It, I thought there were more than that there, but I'm reading the article on um, on how, uh, you know, in Milwaukee, it said 15,000 fans at County Stadium wanted it, and Don Gordon did his best to prevent it. But Molitor got up in his 39th consecutive hit. Um, he Ooh. got against... Uh, Against Don, when when we were talking, um, Don, a couple of days ago, you, you love Milwaukee. You've uh, it's a it's a city that uh, that you said, man, I really like the people there. I liked coming to County Stadium. Yeah, um, and there's a few reasons for that. You know, number one, the Blue Jays at the time were doing always did terrible against the Brewers. So so really, I was kind of like a mini secret weapon when they called me up because I would always you know go in against them and do fairly well, you know, and, and, and then when I got traded to the Indians, same thing. And I, it was really a privilege, you know, talking about Paul Mahler. Paul is a great guy, by the way. And, and, um, I know Paul personally and, and I'm thrilled to say that, but you know, when I gave up that hit, it was actually a pretty good pitch and he kind of fought it off and, and inside out at it over the second baseman's head. He's a great hitter, as we know. And, and, um, Paul, the next day, well, first of all, I was on the mound. I'm like, okay, what do I do now? I mean, I'm supposed to be competitive, and, but I, I waited just so Paul could get a, an ovation and get the ball and all that stuff. And, and, um, I thought I was going to get in trouble for that, but I didn't. And, and, um, the next day, Paul came up to me and he thanked me personally for, for doing that. And, and plus, Mike, it got me on Wide World of Sports. There you go. Mm-hmm. Out there. <laughs> oh, so, oh. so, so somebody has to be on the other side of those records, you know, that the, that the great players get. Yeah. You know. Hey, Don. One thing: uh, when, when Paul Molitor was on that streak, I can't begin to tell you how many newspaper articles from all over the United States I was getting because everybody thought he was going to climb up and, and look at take overtaking Joe DiMaggio's record. Right. And that's why I get all these articles, because uh, Joe, Joe DiMaggio would have gotten his 57th hit, you know, safe hitting right. streak if uh, Ken Keltner hadn't thrown him out two different times <laughs> by a half a step at third base. And my dad was a huge Cleveland Indian fan with the last name Keltner, so he said, "Man, when I have a son, I'm naming him Ken. That was my star <laughs> player." So I mean, I'd go up no to Bob. Way. Yeah, I'd go up to Bob Feller and say, "Hey, I'm." He, my dad go, "Go tell him who you are. Go tell him who you are." <laughs> I'd go up there. I go, <laughs> I go, "I'm Ken Keltner." He goes, "I was just with Kenny last week, man." <laughs> That's awesome. So, uh, so, it, so, yeah. When he got that hit, it all of a sudden I, I started getting articles all over. Man, that's great. Hey, boys, we have got to get to a break. Other side of the break, we'll continue our conversation with Don Gordon, former Major League pitcher. In fact, he was in the Milwaukee Brewer organization. He's, he was a chaplain for the Arizona Diamondbacks, working for Score International as well, and we'll continue with him on the other side. This is Faith in the Zone on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. Welcome back to Faith in the Zone. An inside look at people in sports and their walk in faith. Faith in the Zone is brought to you by Sorens Ford of Brookfield. Here's host Mike McGivern and Pastor Ken Keltner on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. All this time, all this time, you covered me. Welcome back to Faith in the Zone on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. I'm Mike McGivern alongside the head 
pastor at <laughs> Brookside Baptist Church. You like that? Oh, right, you're, that. you're good, baby. He is Pastor Ken Keltner. Uh, pastor, sorry we had to get going early in no that problem. first segment. No, no problem. Everything's going good for you? Going good. Going good. good. I, I, Man, I'm, I'm glad Don's on. I, I pray for faith in the zone. God would keep giving us people that just want to... Sure, you know, we can have some fun, talk baseball or football, whoever yeah. our guest is. And uh, Well, Randy, i got to thank Randy Holland on this one. Okay. I reached out to Randy earlier this week and, and just said, hey, uh, you know, it's uh, been a little bit tough uh, here the last couple of weeks. Uh, do you have any suggestions? And uh, Randy Holland stepped up to the plate, man. He said, oh, yeah, I got a couple. Let me make a couple calls, make sure that these guys are okay that you call them. And uh, he sent me back about 10 minutes later to Don's uh, name and number. And he said, look, you get some information on him and then give him a call. And and uh, Don's been marvelous. We were talking to Don Gordon, former Major League Baseball pitcher. He's a chaplain for the Arizona Diamondbacks. Spent a lot of time with Score International. Don, are you still with Score International? I am. I've, I've been a missionary for 25 years. <laughs> that's that's <laughs> awesome. Hey, how, how long were you yeah. with the Diamondbacks as a chaplain? Well, I was, uh, Vince Noss, the director of baseball chapel, asked me to be the chaplain when they first started in 98. Um, I didn't feel led to do that, but I was always around the team just because I had a lot of relationships in the game with Jay Bell and Andy Bennis and Andy Stankowitz, you know, guys like that. So I was always in the clubhouse. Um, and then, and then Brian Harper stepped down. That's the guy who played for the Twins. And um and then Vince asked me again, so I did it. I, you know what? I'm thinking five years or something like that. You know, I I did it. Do, do I you was able to do it? Do you miss you know, during the World Series? Do you miss being in? Oh, the the World Series with uh, the Diamondbacks. Diamond yeah, yeah, that's awesome. I do you miss yeah, being? Do you miss being in the clubhouse? You know what? I honestly I don't. Um, I I still go to spring training every year, and, and I have the privilege of going into all the locker rooms, I have a pass, you know, that's really a high quality thing. Um, I, I have to tell you as a believer in, in the locker room, I mean, I have a lot of friends still in the game and p- people seem happy to see me, but, but really as a believer, it's, it's kind of an atmosphere of rejection because people are like, why are you here and what do you do? And it's not, <laughs> you know, it's just not in, in line with, what you know baseball is all about basically did did you find and and we're going to get to your testimony this segment um but did you find that it was difficult and 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 i don't know when you became a christian but if if you were a christian while you were in the locker room if it was difficult to walk worthy while you were there you know the first five years i played for myself and, you know, would tell people I was a Christian, but I, but I knew inside that there, there was just things in my life that were not pleasing to the Lord. And the second five years, I played for Jesus Christ, hands down. I mean, I was, I was a marked man. And in that sense, Mike and Ken, that, it, was, it was easier because, because you're so different, uh, you know, than the guys that aren't walking with the Lord that, it's easy to it's easy to see the difference, and as long as you say you know keep your word and say you're going to live how you live how you say you're going to live, then guys respect you. They just they just they say no, nope, that's that's Donnie Gordon. That's who he is, and I respect him, and he backs it up with his life. 
mm-hmm. the guys that are on the fence going back and forth that have trouble. Yeah, I mean, most people I think you find on, uh, whether they're athletes or not, hate hypocrisy. You know, where you, exactly. you you say one thing and you live you live another way. And we uh, when I was back in Oklahoma, I was doing some coaching and, and one of the it was middle school. And one of the boys that we coached, his dad actually was the uh, assistant coach at the University of Tulsa. And he coached the Detroit Lions when Billy Sims was there. He's a running backs coach. And every time I would get with him, he'd say, you know what, man, I was in the NFL. He said, you know, you're, you're either a, a Christian or you're a rebel in the NFL. And he said, and my problem was, I, he said, I probably kind of stayed more on the rebel side because I'd see all these Christians say this and that. and But they wouldn't, as Mike, you know, says it and the scripture backs it up, you know, they just wouldn't walk worthy of what they of who they claimed. I mean, the, the message of their mouth didn't match the the message right. of their life yeah amen brother and i mean it's it's a battle for some more than others and you know god knows our hearts and it's it's not a judgment on anyone it's just it just i know that things went a lot smoother you know if you if you live you know when you had the peace of christ in your life based on what he says to do in his word and and um Things just went a lot smoother in my family, in, in the game, with, with others, with community, with, with, with everyone. Well, Don, one, you know, we're, we're anxious to hear, you know, how you uh, begin your journey with, with Christ as your Savior, because uh, that's that's really what Faith in the Zone is all about. And, and it's just, uh, Mike and I never tire of hearing how people came to know the Lord. And, and we have a lot of, um, you know, a lot of folks, I think, listening out there that, that enjoy listening to it, and I think there are some probably that have questions uh, about their own life. How do how do, how do I know? How can I know that I could live with God? But if you would uh, wouldn't mind, we'd love for you to share with us how how you came to the Lord. Yeah, Amen. Thank you. Um, so, baseball, like a typical athlete, baseball was my God. I mean, it was more important than my mother, who I loved dearly, and you know, my wife, uh, friends, and and. And basically, if you were not part of my agenda to become a Major League Baseball player, I just sort of tossed you out, and you weren't very important to me. So, mm. so you know, again, and, you know, again, I would tell people that I was a believer, but, you know, I had some great coaches in my life. Johnny Hunton at South Carolina, who discipled Bobby Richardson when they were in the Yankees system. Bobby actually has a chapter dedicated to Johnny Hunton. And mm-hmm. in one of his books, but um, so Coach Hunt was like a walking Bible. I didn't know it then, but I know it now. And then guys in the game, you know, uh, Roger Mason, Don Henkel, others that I played with with Detroit. These guys said they were believers, and you could see something different in their life. I did not have that, although I was claiming to be a believer. And one day uh, on a bus trip from. Greenville, South Carolina to Columbus, Georgia, while I was in double A with the Blue Jays, um, is, is, is when God really started to deal with my heart and, and, and get my attention. And, and what, what was going on, Mike and Ken, was I started to think about the sin in my life, you know, the, the women, the alcohol, and really more than that, the selfishness and, and, and my agenda and, it was, I, it was, I, I just felt very heavy, very burdened. It was it was dark, 
and I'm on this bus, you know, with, with, with my team. I'm like, man, I hope nobody sees me here. And, and I just pictured Jesus Christ in my mind on the bus saying, Don, I love you. You love baseball. Baseball is your God. But I love you, Don. I love you, Don. And, and I just remembered picturing, picturing his hands wide open with the nail marks in his hand and a crown of thorn marks in his, in his forehead saying, you know, come to me. And, and it was not a condemning voice. It wasn't like, you know, some, some mad king. It was a gentle, awesome, loving, kind voice that was, that was calling me. And, and then I just let the, I just put that behind me. The road kept going by us and, and I'm thinking about my life again. And before I got off of the bus, I remember Jesus again. And again, I didn't know scripture. I didn't know the Bible, but I knew, I knew I wasn't right with him. And what the Lord, you know, impressed in my heart at that time was, Don, Okay, if my if if I'm a train and you're a train station, my train has stopped at the door of your house many many times, but you have rejected me. Mm. And and in Romans chapter one, verse twenty four, twenty six, and twenty eight, it says God gave them over to a depraved mind, and that they might believe what is false. And and a lot of people don't realize that grace does run out in in the New Testament. And for me, it was like it was like the Lord very kindly, very gently was saying, Don, this is it. And and so I knew in my heart that I needed to make a commitment because God wanted to use me. Plus, he's God. OK, so right. mm-hmm. when I got to the hotel room, um, I opened up my Gideon's little New Testament. I never read it, looked under the contents and found the word weary. And the scripture was Matthew eleven twenty yeah. thirty. <laughs> yeah. And and. Come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden, I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you shall find rest for your souls. My yoke is easy and my burden is light. And as a good Catholic, I confessed every sin I could think of on that dirty carpet with the, you know, with the, with the drop ceiling falling apart. And, and I invited Christ into my life. I repented of my sins and said, Lord, I know that you are God that you rose from the dead three days after you died and invited him into my, my life and surrendered and gave him, you know, everything, including my baseball career. Hmm. Well, thank you. Oh my, hmm. that was strong, huh? Yeah. You know, Don, th- I, we really appreciate uh, everybody who comes on this show and shares their testimony. And, and, you know, that one brings me to tears. It, it just does that, you know, you are, it, 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 for me, it, it it rings home because when I walked in at Eastside Baptist Church, you know, years ago, I didn't know a lot about the scripture either, but I knew, mm. man, I knew this was, uh, I, I had a lot to lose at that point as, as, uh, you did, you know, it, uh, if he's willing to accept, I always tell people, if he's willing to accept guys like Daryl Strawberry, I'm going to use your name now too, Don Gordon, a guy like <laughs> me, man, there's, there's no reason that uh, if you're out there listening to this show, and that, that you know it's time. If you've been if you've been praying about this, thinking about this, it's time, man. It's time to go to your knees and yeah. say, Lord, come on, uh, accept me, and, and and I will follow. So, guys, we have got to get to a quick break. Other side of the break, we'll continue our conversation with Don Gordon, f- former Major League Baseball pitcher. 
He was a chaplain for the Arizona Diamondbacks and still works with scoring a national. We're going to ask him about what he's doing with scoring a national. I know he just got back from, I think, Costa Rica, correct, Don? Yes. I I was down there. Uh, normally, I'm teaching God's Word to our GAP students um, that are between high school and college. They're good kids, good students they, uh, from good families, typically, and they're just tired of school and they want to have an, an international experience. So we teach them Spanish for 10 months. We, they do ministry for 10 months and we teach them Bible. So I'm one of the Bible teachers and I've been doing that for a number of years in Costa Rica and in Dominican Republic. But this past trip was a baseball trip where we, um, you know, taught baseball every day and, and then shared the gospel following, you know, the baseball clinic. So that went real well. And we, we'll talk to Don about uh, his trip and some other things. I want to talk about uh, some work that his wife does as well. And we'll do that on the other side of the break. This is Faith in the Zone on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. More now of Faith in the Zone, discovering people of sports and their walk in faith. Faith in the Zone is brought to you by Brookside Baptist Church. Back with host Mike McGivern and Pastor Ken Keltner on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. All this time, all this time, you covered me. Welcome back to Faith in the Zone on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. I'm Mike McGivern alongside Pastor Ken Keltner from Brookside Baptist Church. Our special guest, Don Gordon. He is former Major League Baseball pitcher. He works with Score International. He also was the chaplain for the Arizona Diamondbacks. Hey, Don, again, thank you so much for that strong testimony, brother. Mm-hmm. I, You know, it it just, uh, as as Pastor says, look, we, we love hearing them. They never get old. And uh, it just is a, a huge blessing to, to not only me, but to these guys that, that listen to this show. Yeah, Don, you had mentioned, too, uh, you referenced Romans chapter 1. We, we've just started a, a, our new study in Romans, and... Uh, mm-hmm. We're going to get to that passage, but the book of Romans, a lot, you know, I mean, Martin Luther, when he came across that that passage, the just shall live by faith, I mean, the book of Romans has been life-changing and really world history-changing when people have read that book, and you're you're another uh, testimony of what God was was doing and speaking through his word to you there. That was powerful, and so thankful for your, your testimony and your love for the Lord, and I know your desire to see that message go out to other other guys that that need to hear that. Yeah, amen. I I mean, what a privilege to be able to serve the Lord, and you know, He has provided for us for all these years, and and I mean, just to be able to have the privilege of sharing the gospel and the full counsel of God's word and discipling others is. Is, I mean, I mean, come on. Is there anything that compares to that? No, I mean, no, no. There's nothing about God here. Yeah, there's nothing like sitting across from someone at a restaurant or whatever, and they say, "Hey, I need Jesus Christ as my Savior." Amen. And right there, right there in the restaurant, they bow, and the Bible simply says, "Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved." And whoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And so, it's awesome to just see that, and then to see them grow and get stronger in their faith. And I'm sure. You know, you have seen that as you have ministered to, you know, pro athletes and folks that aren't athletes, because I, I can just tell that's your burden. 
Yeah, it's, it's you know, Jesus, of all the things he could have said when he left the earth, he said one thing, he said, go and make disciples. Hey, hey then now uh, be I'm careful, not... be careful, that's my that's our message, you know, hey. on Sunday. I mean, you're, you're going to, Mike's going to come <laughs> hey. in and go, hey, I already heard this, he I don't need to stay. He could have said, go and eat cherry pie. <laughs> you know, go, he could have. Go and play more yeah. baseball. Something, but right. no, that burden is 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 definitely uh, upon Christians, upon us to 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 do that. Hey, Don, when 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 you pitched in 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 uh, Major League Baseball and you were in the in the majors, and at that point now you were you were a, a Christian and and you had uh, you know fallen to your knees and on that dirty carpet as you had talked about. Um, in the locker room with with the uh, the players back then, was, was baseball chapel as strong as it is now? Um, it, it was definitely making its way, but I can tell you that the the people, the powers that be in baseball, are not super impressed with with. I won't say baseball chapel. They're happy with the ministry of chapel, but but the players, you know what a GM wants, what an owner wants, you know, what the scouting director wants is guys that produce on the field. They, they really don't care what someone believes. I mean, if you, if you happen to be a believer, that's great, but they want to see guys work hard. And so there was a, in the, in the eighties and nineties, there was sort of this idea that if you were a Christian, you were soft, you were weak. And so I tried to dispel that by just being, you know, I mean, I used to throw inside quite a bit. And and even today when I show up with the coaches aren't even believe they remember me because of that. So so God God even uses that. But, Absolutely. Uh, but I forgot your question, Mike. What no, I just you know what if if baseball chapels was was as strong oh, yeah. as it was. But but you had uh, you know in radio it's a thing called a segue. And you gave me a great segue with that idea where you said, look, I used to throw inside. I'm doing some research uh, for this interview, looking at uh, um, the Bo- – it's called Boston Irish. There was an article about uh, Don going to to, uh, to Ireland to teach some guys baseball. And, and I'm going to read this uh, real quickly. He was getting frustrated um, with some of these guys. And the guy who wrote this said, look, half of us had soccer cleats and little kid baseball gloves. And he said Don was getting, Don was losing his patience quite a bit. And it was written from an Irish guy from Dublin. But I love this. I'm yeah. going to read these two. Um, on Sunday, Ken, you're going to love this. On Sunday, they, they, they got a chance to have Don pitch to him. And he kept striking guy out after guy out and then uh, a guy named Sean Mitchell stepped into the, the box and blasted a huge power alley double now remember it's a guy from Dublin writing this blasted a huge power alley double uh, to deep left center players on both sides cheered as Sean rounded first it's a really nice piece of hitting everyone's spirits lifted instead of striking out Sean he had ripped a blast into the outfield, and uh, I was actually up to bat next to the guy who wrote this, and I stepped in. I'm still grinning from Sean's blast, took a few dry swings and waited for the pitch. And as Don wound up, I could see Sean on second base, hands on his hips, grinning like a crazy man. Well, the pitch came in and rammed hard into my left side at the back near my <laughs> kidney. I crumbled over in pain and found it hard to breathe. I, I, it could, it must have been an 85 mile an hour fastball caught me right in the back. A couple of people came up to check on me. I glanced over at Don still in the mound, his hands on his hips, and he said, Hey, make sure you don't dig in too close to the plate. 
who's next? <laughs> and I thought, man, you know what? I read that, and I just burst out sitting at my desk, and I just burst out laughing. You know, here's a 100% Irish boy. So, you know, he's over in Dublin. A guy hits one. guy hits one in the outfield on him, and he drills the next guy right in the back with an 85-mile-an-hour fastball. And the guy is, like, on the ground screaming in pain, and, and, and he says, hey, you better not dig in too close and who's next. <laughs> So I gotta tell you, I this whole article, Don. I don't know if it's been a while since you've read it, maybe, or if I don't know if you've ever read it. But it is, I, it did make me laugh. He said, you know, he said, look, when Don started talking about what it was like being in the major leagues early in his career, about you know, with having some drinks and these women, he saw all of a sudden everybody was kind of interested, and then he turned right. that over to some, as this guy said, some religious stuff and. I don't know. The, you know, it was, man, this was a really good article about guys that loved having you over there. But he was like, man, this guy kept yelling at us because we weren't picking up ground balls correctly. And oh, man, <laughs> he drills the guy in the back. I'm telling you, man, your brothers have been proud of you right then, Don. Oh man, I yeah, I there's something wrong with me. I think I, <laughs> I read an article, you know, Bob Gibson wrote, and then and it just when I was playing in the Cape Cod league and, and that just, that changed my whole game, you know, pitching inside. Cause I, I didn't throw 95, you know, so I had to have smoke and mirrors basically. But, but I ran into Bob Gibson later um, at Coors field when I was doing some stuff with the Cardinals and I thanked him and he, and he was, I was a little intimidated because of his reputation, but, but I was, but he, but he was very gracious to me. And he said, I remember that article. And hmm. literally it was the, very short article, but it was life changing. Going inside. Well, that was yeah. When I read that, that, that Boston, is funny. yeah, it That's was funny. really funny. Boston Irish. Well, I let the guy hit it too. The guy that hit it right center field. He, was, he wasn't that good. Trust me. I yeah, lobbed it in. There. I, well, <laughs> you, you know, Don. One thing that always comes out when we talk to folks, and you're right, a lot of folks will think you know a Christian could be weak, and they're not really care. They don't really care about winning or whatever. Right. I mean, um, no. Uh, you, you go out there and you do your best, and you uh, you want to win. And um, uh, I I know that's uh, you know my dad didn't have me back off any of that, and uh, he he always Ooh. said go out there and, and do your best and, and try to win. Now where he would have to deal with me is when I'd get mad. And uh, mm-hmm. either want to take it out on somebody, or you know, or actually just quit because sure. we were getting beat. And I remember he told me one time he goes, "Man, no one ever taught me not to quit." He said, "I could paint half the fence and then quit, and no one got on me." He goes, "But you're going to remember this day." And I paid for it when I walked off the court as a fourth grader. <laughs> I said, That's... "Park Elementary, they're too tall, Dad." He goes, "Get out in the car." Get out in the car. <laughs> hey guys, we got to get to a we got to get to a break. Other side of the break, we'll finish up. He is Don Gordon, former Major League pitcher, chaplain to the Arizona Diamondbacks, and works for Score International. This is Faith in the Zone on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. Back to Faith in the Zone, a journey on how people in sports walk in faith. Faith in the Zone is brought to you by Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. Here's host Mike McGivern and Pastor Ken Keltner on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. All this time, all this time, you covered me. Well, welcome back to Faith in the Zone on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. 
I'm Mike McGivern, alongside Pastor Ken Keltner from Brookside Baptist Church. Our special guest is Don Gordon. I got to come up with a new way to say that. Yeah, uh, you do. You do a great job. But my dad, my dad, and you know, he's watching from heaven. He's saying, "Ah, oh, man, he should be in a Bible church." <laughs> he was always, he was always giving me a hard time about that. And then you're emphasizing it. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Our special guest, man, he's been fun, and and I can. Honestly, tell you, we're going to get him back because there's so many things that I haven't had a chance to talk to him about. Don Gordon, 100% Irish, by the way. I mean, you're loving that. Well, I mean, you're loving and that. You know what? His birthday is Terry's birthday, exactly. Well, how about October that? October 10th. Mine's October 4th. Same year with him as well. Former Major League pitcher, chaplain to the Arizona Diamondbacks, works with Score International. Hey, um, real quick, um, Don, you're, you've got three kids and, and your wife, Deb, correct? Yes. Uh, any grandkids? I, yeah, we have one. Um, she's 13 months, and we have mm. another one coming. Oh, congratulations. And, uh, they live in Los Angeles, California. Right, my so three, we're excited. My three, my three grandkids live across the street. It's like everybody loves Raymond. I, I'm telling you. <laughs> That's not fair. <laughs> no, it's awesome. They, they walk over, and they're like, Papa, you got any treats? I'm like, look at me. Uh, of course I got treats. <laughs> Get out of my chair. I can't even get... When they get in the house, I don't even get to sit in the... the That's your chair. That's your chair. It's my chair. They're like, no, my chair. I'm like, all right, whatever. (laughs) And I get give them all kinds of, you know, sugary candy and then send them home. That's great. You you buy them a drum set for Christmas, right? Yeah. (laughs) Guitars and cymbals and the whole bit. Hey, hey, Don, um, your wife, Deb, has been uh, involved in ministry with with baseball wives and some some other things. Uh, Is she still uh, involved with that? She is. I, I'm sorry. I keep forgetting to answer the question. Sorry. Um, yeah, she is amazing. She is great with, with young, really women of all ages. She's a Titus two woman. If you look at Titus yeah. chapter mm-hmm. two, and she's that woman. She's, you know, um, they just love to see her come in. We, we serve at Word of Life in New York State oh, yeah. two months every year. And so we're, you know, we basically interact with all the people. I do a lot of teaching up there as far as biblical marriage stuff. And, and share my testimony quite a bit, but but she's there, and they just love her because she's just a bright, um, awesome, has a lot of wisdom, loves the Lord, loves the Word of God, and, and you know, just is able to give just great counsel, like for to, for wives, for 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 young women, you know, for life direction, obviously, you know, the truth of God's Word, and and so yeah, she's she's very involved. Well, that's that's awesome. How did you guys meet? Well, I like to tell people we met at a birthday party because that sounds clean. But actually, <laughs> in college, it was a it was a keg party. There you go. And, and um, so, so we met there as one of my teammates uh, at South Carolina. Debbie was there, and 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 so from there, uh, I was actually interested in her friend who was a blonde. And then, um, <laughs> and then this is this is going to sound really weird. Okay, but we went to the next party. The the way the light hit this other girl, there was there was just now this is going to sound a little gross here. Okay, there was there was a lot of hair on her face. Okay, and 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 it was the way the light, I, and it just turned me off completely. <laughs> so I I turned to look to 
to my wife now, Deb, who, whose name I thought was Donna at the time. <laughs> and and uh, I think she, she hated me so much that, that I was just sort of like entertaining. So she goes, all right, I'll give this guy another shot. <laughs> so, <laughs> so the rest is history, as they say. How many years have you been married? 33. Oh, same, same, same for us, 33. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, right on. And you know, I I knew um, I couldn't I can't recall their name now, but the director at uh, Word for Life up in Scroon Lake, his um, mm-hmm. his wife uh, was in my. Uh, she's from Oklahoma, from Tulsa, and she was from uh, from yes, our church. She is. That's Darlene. Yeah. Darlene. Yeah, Darla. I knew. Yeah, Darlene. No, Darla. Yeah, Darla. Darla. She went by Darla Klein. That was her maiden name, yeah, Klein. You, you she's are great. She's you. Yeah, Pastor Ken, you always got to get Oklahoma in this show somehow, yeah. some way, don't well, you? Yeah, <laughs> can't yeah. go one I mean, show without something about the Sooners. I, I, I'm, a, I'm a Boomer Sooner, brother. Yeah, <laughs> Boomer Sooner. Hey, hey, I do, I do, I do. Uh, I love the Marquette upset this week of Villanova, so I'm, I'm right there. I'm right here in West, West, Wisconsin. Hey, you got to be a Badger fan. There you go. Yeah, be a Badger fan. I that's, just want to say Wisconsin, right? Yeah, yeah, that's not going to happen <laughs> unless you were born and raised. If you haven't put a cheese head on. You can't say Wisconsin correctly. I'm oh, just really? te- no. Oh. I'm just telling you. Hey, Dad, what? Uh, when's your next trip with uh, Score International? When? Uh, when are you heading out again? I'm speaking in a prison tomorrow in Georgia, and then um, my next official trip is spring training in Arizona. That's awesome. And, how, and how big of a prison are you going to tomorrow? This is. Uh, there'll be. There'll be about 425 inmates, of which 415 will probably show up at this event. Hmm. My goodness. Well, we certainly faith-based prison in in Georgia. Sorry. Yeah, we'll be. uh, We'll certainly be praying for you that Lord gives you the correct words to to talk to these uh, these men. Hey, do you still follow baseball quite a bit? Are you a fan? You know what? Um, You know how it is, Mike. I mean. I was a Mets fan growing up, but now I kind of follow people and coaches and umpires in front office and 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 um, clubhouse workers and all that. So they they move around. So wherever they move around, like I was kind of a closet Cubs fan last year, only because of Chris Coughlin. But but now that he's going to be somewhere else, I'll I'll follow whatever that team he's on. Yeah. And and uh, a lot of my buddies, I talked to Turner Ward yesterday. He's the hitting coach for the Dodgers in Los Angeles. I discipled him. So I kind of have a little interest in the Dodgers because of him. And mm-hmm. I also discipled their bullpen coach, um, Josh Bard. And mm-hmm. so there's, there's interest there, you know. Do, hey, do you ever get out and throw anymore? Just play oh, catch? Man, I threw it. I threw in Costa Rica the other day. And, and, uh, I mean, I pitched in the South Carolina alumni game against guys who were active players. That, that was a, Scary. I couldn't even see home plate. <laughs> I need glasses. I'm too proud to. <laughs> you, what, you, like, you, you told him it was a curveball that went into the dirt. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it was. It was. I was praying. I was like, Lord, please don't let me embarrass myself more than I already am. And of course, our fielders were were terrible. So we, you know, it took six outs really to get three outs. <laughs> And so it was just devastatingly long to be out there, and and I I just felt like climbing under the mound and just 
hiding. <laughs> hey, guys. I'm, we, we're going to get him back. Oh, I'm telling you, and I promise that we will. Don, thank you so much for, for your time today. Uh, good luck tomorrow in in uh, in the thank prison, and, and certainly we'll, I'll reach out to you here uh, not too long because I've got a number of questions that I need to ask you. Uh, but he is Don Gordon, again, former Major League pitcher. He's a chaplain for the Arizona Diamondbacks, and he works with Score International. Guys, thank you so much, Pastor. Thank you, Mike. You bet. Have a great week. This is Faith in the Zone on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. You've been listening to Faith in the Zone with host Mike McGivern and Pastor Ken Keltner. You can hear Faith in the Zone every Sunday at 8 a.m. To find past shows, exclusive podcasts, or to contribute with an inside tip for a guest, simply go to faithinthezone.com. Faith in the Zone is an inside look at people of sports and their walk in faith. Join us again next Sunday for Faith in the Zone, right here on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. Was it really amazing grace? Now I know for certain, Lord, it was you that rescued me.